Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, Koshi here. Before we get into this episode of The Call, I've got a favor to ask. The bigger the Ausbiz audience, the more we can invest in great content and keep providing quality investment ideas to you for free. If you could just take a minute of your time to leave a review of The Call in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help keep our tribe growing. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the call. Happy Monday, everybody. You are with the call for the next 16 minutes or so as we kick off the afternoon here on Ausbiz. 10 stocks that you've suggested we put to our expert panel for their adjudication. A great panel today, Francesco Destratus from Orge is with us. Francesco, how are you? Morning, David, or afternoon now. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> ticked, midday, just just ticked, ticked over. over. Boy, yeah. it's gone quick though. Uh, everyone excited this week? The market's going gangbusters, is it? Yeah, look, I, I mean, the market was down on Friday night and then yeah. uh, the uh, the stimulus package came through and um, yeah, put a bit of excitement back into the market. Yeah, sure. Saw, saw the long-term bond yields come off a bit and more money yeah. flow into the equity I think that'll be a short-term thing there. The market's oh. getting a bit excited with a bit of policy change. Right. Um, and then down the track, a little, little bit of reality sets okay. in. So. I don't think the market, we're going to see the market keep going at those rates. Oh, come yeah. on. Like, I, I'd, li- I'd like to. I'd like to. Yes. <laughs> Nathan Thomas and Dara from Dig Data Analytics is with us. Nathan, happy Monday to you. Um, what do you think of uh, this morning's rally? Yeah. Oh, look, I think, I mean, you, you saw in the US, you had a bounce on Monday and Friday last week. Both of them were oh, yeah. kind of predominantly driven by buybacks. Yeah. Um, so when you get a good news, buybacks gets jammed up, and in the U.S., uh, that's a massive driver of our performance. Right. Uh, but it's on a 12-month basis, we're cycling massive data. So th- it's a huge risk for fund managers because they're going to be looking at their 12-month performance and go, oh, I've done well. But then you look at the relative performance and go, no, I haven't done that well oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you're coming off the bottom to the top. Yeah. Um, so the question is, we've all, you know, we all priced in the V-shaped recovery. The question is now we need the v-shaped recovery yeah. and the economy is still on massive amount of stimulus to get to anywhere near it and you know most major economies are still you know a good five percent below unemployment uh, sorry employment levels to get to that v-shaped recovery yeah. and we're all on fair amount of stimulus so i think the reality will set in over that period and the bond market is telling you that i mean the amount of uh, even with rba intervention we're still near 1.8 percent for 10 years and there is no way these multiples make sense at 1.8. Yeah, it yeah. struggles at 1.5. Right. Now, the main player here is the US. So, you know, we've pretty much had the US Fed multiple times say we're not going to get involved yet. And that's the word yet. <laughs> uh, and the bond market saying, oh, OK, we'll come to you. Uh, and they are going. So the question is going to be when do they meet? Right. And yeah, and I do mean, you think that'll be? Look, you know, things used to take time. Nowadays, things happen very quickly. Yeah. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if we start to see some 
change of view in the next couple of weeks. ECB tonight, uh, sorry, in the next couple of days, you'll get an update from ECB. They would have already spoken, so I assume they're going to say the same thing. Right. Um, most of the major economies in U Europe are still in some kind of restriction, so they all need more support. Yeah. Um, so does it make sense? The bond market is really pushing the central banks. Mm. <coughs> yeah, it's a real tussle at the moment, isn't it? Well, so. I think there's still a lot of negativity below the surface. I mean, right. you just take the, the unemployment level here in Australia, you know, it's being marked by the JobKeeper. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens after March and how those numbers yeah. change when, when they remove the JobKeeper allowance. Yeah. That's just one of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, a lot happening. And of course, we cover it all here live every day on Ausbiz. Uh, before we get into your um, uh, 10 stocks, um, I thought I'd uh, take a look at um, uh, a stock in the day today. I thought I'd take a look at Santos. It's in the news today as its largest shareholder, ENN Group, has sold approximately 107 million shares, so it's $785 million. Global oil prices rose pretty solidly over the weekend and strong US jobs data exceeding the forecasted growth, further uh, raising the hopes of a stronger oil demand. You had OPEC putting on some restrictions. Um, Nathan, what do you think of uh, Santos? I notice in a, a booming morning on the market today, it's down. Yeah, it's... Woodside's up, it's down. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Um, Saudi's had another attack, um, um, drone attack. Yeah. But funny enough, you always have a drone attack every quarter, but it doesn't do any damage. I'll just put it out there. Uh, but, you know, it's another one that's helping the oil price. Yep. It's purely on the um, supply restrictions. It's got not, yep. nothing to do with demand yet. Uh, the biggest consumer of oil or energy per se on transport is the aeroplanes. If you're, gonna, if you're not got planes flying around, you're going to have weak demand. So that's yep. a massive play on that. The other thing that you have to remember is the dominant play is LNG for Santos and so forth. Now, LNG prices actually two, three months ago went berserk. When Japan and Korea reopened, the manufacturing cycle and the coal cycle, all of that, bang, it went to all-time highs, and that's rolled over. Now, this is the Chinese dominant shareholder getting out. Mm. What are they telling you about where things are? So you've got to follow the smart money. They're big guys. They need to get out before the cycle starts to show everyone else. I, I think, look... We, we've been on a reflation trade since the middle of last year. Mm -hmm. Energy, mining, all play into it. With mining, there's a lot more demand recovery cycle built into it, and that's logical. In the energy sector, it's predominantly supply side cuts. Don't know how long that plays out. Now, for me, the risk is more in the energy than mining. Um, Santos here, for me, look, the top two energy stocks for uh, reflation play was Beach and Santos. So yep. I like both of them, but I'm not chasing it here because I think when the big boys are getting out, they're telling you something. We've had a huge run. I mean, remember, 12 months ago, we had minus 20 oil. Yep. Um, and we've got <laughs> now 70. So it's a massive turnaround. And it's been phenomenal. Yep. And this happens in commodities. But you don't chase it after it's run this much. Right. Okay. So if you've been there, you've done well. Follow the big guy and take profit. Okay. So it'd be taking profit oh, be taking if you've profit, run yeah. Santos up. Francesca? Well, there's a couple of things on that trade that we just probably need to clarify a little bit there. They only sold a third of their holdings, so it's yep. not all of it. They are escrowed for another 90 days on the rest of it. So the question is, do they uh, you know, sell some more after that 90-day escrow? Yep. Um, the other thing is they bought their shares at around $4.85, so they're locking in a nice profit at the same time. Um, 
I think today's share price movement is just because, look, you know, the liquidity event. So a lot of stock out there. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are going to dump it because they bought it at a lower price, obviously, um, in in the uh, in the sell-off. So, um, you know, I think that's the reason for a bit of a sell-off today. Um, we've got it trading at around 13 times, uh, FY22. Um, I like Santos. We've got an accumulate recommendation on it. Right. Um, methane's probably right on the short term. You know, it's probably got a little bit ahead of itself. But from a long-term investment point of view, we like Santos. Um, you know, just like, like their, their cost of production is very low. You know, yep. at, at you know current oil prices, and oil prices going to move around a bit. But at these levels, and even at sort of thirty or forty dollars a barrel, they're still making reasonable money. You know, but mm. the cash flows they're receiving at the moment are quite substantial. So we like Santos. Okay. All right, there we go. That's our stock of the day. Uh, let's get into uh, the shares you've suggested we take a look at. And Francesco Julianne wants a view on Treasury Wine Estate, our biggest wine producer. Julianne says we bought it at $9.13 with the company splitting into three companies and the China situation is at a buy, hold or sell? Yeah, uh, look, we've got an accumulate recommendation, but my personal opinion is if you own it, just hold and be, be patient. Um, I think this has become a little bit speculative. I think the two key things with the, with with Treasury Wines is obviously the China, um, China trade issues um, and their attempt to expand their market share in the United States. Um, so let's start with China. Look, that's a, just an unpredictable event. If if China drops their their their, you know, their barriers, um, watch the share price go. You yeah. know, so if you're in there and you've been in there for a long time, I think if you know, and, and I, I look, I think at some time, at some stage, you know, China's going to become a little bit more accepting of our products. So so I don't know when that is, but I think you know, when that does happen, um, I think there's a big spike in Treasury wines. I have noticed that um, in China they are. Um, I wouldn't say they're 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 um, um, uh, they're mocking the 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 labels of Treasury wines, but there's some some wine that they're selling in China that looks very very similar to Penfolds. <laughs> um, so um, you know, there's a fair bit of that sort of thing going on over in China. On the U.S. side of things, I think they need to invest a fair bit to get that market share. The U.S. market on wines, yeah, they're a bit funny over there. They like their own, you know. Pro- you know, the home produced wines. So yeah, yeah. to get a, get a, a you know. Which, are, a, which they are growing it over there at the moment, aren't oh, they? Oh, yeah, 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 no, so yeah. They've yeah. got their own sort of uh, vineyards producing US wines there. They, yeah, they do. And, you know, they've got vineyards around the world. Yeah. Um, so, you know, despite us thinking they're just an Australian wine yeah. producer, they are global. Yeah. Um, but I think the big key for the share price movements short term uh, is going to be the China um, trade issues. Um, you know, I wouldn't be buying it, uh, despite right. our analysts having an accumulate recommendation. Okay. All right, but hold on to it if you hold yeah, on. You got it. If, if you got you've it. ridden the wave, um, you're going to get spikes. Yeah. You know, you're going to get share price spikes. So I think you okay. know, with rumours. Nathan, yeah, this is what you call a growth trap. Has been for a couple of years. Management yeah. uh, patchy at best. Um, they they always run into some kind of a problem. Um, it's one of those ones where. It reminds me of something like a Simic. You wake up and you go, oh, they've done it again. Why did I do that? And it's one of those. But he's right in the context that it's been beaten up so much. That it's, it's in that area of where you think it's, it's decent value. But the main thematic is China. Forget everyone else. It's just yeah. China. Because yeah. you can sell as much as you want to the Americans and the Europeans. You just don't get the margins. 
Okay. Say it's China or you don't buy because it's still a growth story. You're buying the growth story. You're buying a high multiple stock. It's not yep. cheap multiple. So you are paying for that. So you've got to be thinking China turnaround. Now, the question is, you know, this morning um, we got Julie Bishop saying it'll take a couple of years. And that's logical. I, I don't think the Chinese are going to wake up tomorrow and suddenly say, uh, we love you, Australia. That's just not going to no, turn. No. <laughs> it'll take time. So in that context, you're literally waiting for that to turn. Now, in, in the investment side of things, you just got to look at time value for money. You're buying there, sitting there, waiting for something to happen that li unlikely to happen in the shorter term. Now, I think the downside is limited, mm. but if the market gets hit, there will be some major shareholders suddenly, you know, eventually going, God, I'm getting out. Yeah. So in that, or if they want to buy something else, they might switch. So that's why it might actually go down even further. So you can never say never. So I don't see the catalyst why you want to buy this. Um, if you wanted to play the turnaround story in China, you buy A2 Milk. Mm. It's a bit more uh, a better quality model and your supply demand dynamics works pretty well. Branding yep. is really cool. I mean, look, Treasury Wine's got one good brand. That's it, Penfolds. Yep. Forget the rest. Yep. Right? They've yep. been trying to build the other one. It's just Penfold. Let's, you know, reality check. And for years, they've talked about hiving the Penfolds brand. Yeah, off, yeah. When, when they get so. bored and nobody wants to talk about them, they come out and go, oh, we're thinking about divesting in uh, 18, two years. <laughs> um, and so, because that just keeps them in the game. Um, yeah, I, I, I just don't think in the short term, I have to agree. It's a hold if you're there yep. because you've been belted hard enough. But you just don't see the catalyst to buy it right now. Right. Okay. All right. There you go, uh, Julianne. Pretty uh, clear signal there from both Francesco and Nathan. Now, Rob wants a view, Nathan, on Viva Energy Group. This is the uh, they own um, the Shell yes. uh, service stations, don't they? The the big oil refinery down in Geelong. So. Not only the retail side and, and marketing, but also the refining side of the business too. Yeah, look, I, I've looked at both uh, Viva Energy and, um, and Ampol, Caltex, yep. uh, slash yep. now it's Ampol. Both of them were op you know, reopening economy stocks uh, because everyone's locked up at home, suddenly start driving, nobody tries public transport. Uh, you can see the used car sales prices. Everyone's on the road. Trust me. I drove this morning at six o'clock in the morning. It's bumper to bumper from Haverfield. Right. So <laughs> you know that there's a lot more people on the road and yep. everyone's driving. So that, that, they should be seeing decent volume. But it's it's one of those games where it's t it's a tough market. It's just tough. And then you've got refinery issues. And you had the multiples actually run ahead of themselves, both Ampol and uh, Viva. And now they both come off a bit. They look interesting. I don't think you're going to get killed being in there. But if I had to choose one, I would lean towards Ampol because mm. you've got a M&A play in that. Yeah. I actually think, I mean, they own the property. These guys don't. This is probably right. took out there. You know, it's a hive play. With Ampol, uh, my, I mean, I've said this before, my long-term theory is it's a perfect stock for an online business like uh, Amazon or something because it's a logistics. The right. amount of land they have everywhere and at some point, this is going and to convert. And as you say, it. they own it all. Yeah, they own yep. it all. And you know, at some point, they'll move to battery charging, whatever. And they already have been moving across food and all those categories. So it's an interesting stock for me when it's beaten up. Um, it has had a run. It's come back a bit. I think it's okay. I'm not excited by it, but I think it's okay here. Um, so I would look at it. Um, right. And I think as part of a portfolio, this one makes sense. Uh, but I prefer Ampol over Viva. Okay. Mm. All right. The other thing with Ampol is they just did a buyback too. So, yeah. you know, they yeah. did it when the market came back. So they, you know, pretty smart um, yeah, corporate management yep. of, the, of the business as well. Uh, we, we, similar to Nathan, you know, we haven't accumulated on the stock. You know, I wouldn't say don't buy it. I think it's a good, relatively defensive business. Um, 
On the refinery side, back in December, the government announced that they were putting together a program um, to, to assist refiners, because there's only two refineries left in Australia. This mm. is the Geelong one, um, and there's one up in Brisbane. So, um, I, you know, I think the, the government doesn't want to lose that refining capacity here in Australia. So there's a bit of government support there on that side of it. Obviously, that is not, you know, a growth thing for them, but um, I think it's more of a defensive investment um, for, for, for you know, longer-term investors. So, um, you know, outside of that, there's not a lot really to say about it. It's you know, right. fairly straightforward business. Yep. So, um, yeah, we'll accumulate, but more for a defensive portfolio. Just another thing, um, Ampor actually benefits from airlines getting back up and running. Airline fuel is a big chunk of their earnings. Yeah. So that's been one of the um, uh, down pressures. Right. So if the plane stores start to fly, right, um, that'll be a, a massive positive. So that's Ampol, not yeah. Viva. Yeah, no. That's Ampol, yeah. yeah. Right, okay. Because a friend of mine used to work there and he's told me that. I was like, what? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go, you learned something. <laughs> and then, yeah, oh, so it's a big business. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you for that suggestion, Rob. Now, Francesco, Brad wants a view on Grange Resources. Uh, Brad says the financials are outstanding, and I'm sure the experts can't find a cheaper stock on the market right now. Brad, I'm. Let me guess that you're in Grange Resources. Uh, currently, <laughs> well, the, the iron ore pellet price is $327 a tonne. Profit margins are over $200 a tonne. And uh, the yield of 7% is incredible. So Brad's part of the Grange Resources uh, fan club, by the look of it. Uh, Grange Resources, of course, is in um, iron ore. Um, pellet had... had uh, Big increase in profits for the 2020 financial year. Uh, Francesco, are you in the fan club as well? Um, starting to. Maybe. Starting to. <laughs> starting, starting. We, to we don't up, have coverage of it. And, get the and it's sort of out. flown under the radar. I, I right. don't know. Yes, he's right. It is cheap. <laughs> you know, I, I did some numbers on it this morning. I think I come up with something like three times earnings. Right. Um, so then I throw some questions about sort of the mine life. You know, they're mining in Tasmania, so that's obviously a higher cost of production. So there's going to be leverage upside to the to the iron ore price, and on if you get leverage on the upside, yep. you get leverage on the downside too. Um, and I'm not suggesting that iron ore where it's going. Um, I think it's high, but um, you know who knows where it can go in the future. So to me, um, it's it's you know have a closer look. We don't have. Corporate, you know, look, look at that five-year chart. Yeah. Oh, it's been um, on tear, has it? So their results, um, their results this year, they looked like the only driver to it all was the iron ore price. Yeah, there wasn't yeah, yeah. any increase in production or any any surprising cost of um, a reduction in cost of production. So I think you're playing the iron ore price there, and like I said, you're getting leverage on the upside and yeah, leverage on the down. Um, 49% owned by a Chinese steel producer though, so it's fairly tied up. If you look at the size of it, it's about a $600 million market cap. Fortescue is something like $60 billion market right. cap. So, yeah. so, so it's a small sorry, one. Sorry, $6 billion but, market uh, cap. Yeah. But all, all the iron ore stocks have had a big run up. I, um, yeah, that and this one by the look of it. Look a, bit, a little bit late to the party, right, yeah. possibly, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, so not in it at this stage? Uh, we have no recommendation, right. but I, I'd be doing. I'm, I want to have a closer look at because I don't know what the mine life is. You know, that could right. be have a big impact upon the valuation there. Okay, Nathan. Oh, look, they're cheap. No, no doubts. But just about every resource uh, stock, I can put an argument that they're cheap uh, because on a relative basis to industrials, um, 
resources are ridiculously cheap. It's yeah. a commodity. So you're looking at multiple reduction. Resources are looking at the value trade. So they should be running reflation trade. Commodities do well. Um, the question is, uh, is right. It, it's about the iron ore. Um, where does it sit? Now, all the big guys ran early. Um, so you've got BHP, Rio, IFMG, and then you've got the MinRes, and then you get the batch of small guys. Remember that it's a liquidity is one of those, it's a knife that cuts both ways. Yeah. When you're running up, it's a beauty, just rips apart. <laughs> and then when you're running down, there's no liquidity and it falls apart. Yep. Now, if you think about Mount Gibson, Grange, uh, Champion Iron, these are the ones that will come up to my cover, you know, as the peaks. Now, they've all had pretty similar charts. Some of them run a bit earlier than others, but they've all got pretty similar charts. <coughs> now, the interesting part is, if I had to pick out of the three, all three offer you some unique, you know, once a bit more infrastructure, once a bit more unique, cost base, Champion Irons Canada, so if right. you know, the Chinese don't like us, then the Canadians will do better. Uh, but they're all cheap, all three of them are cheap. So it's a high risk punt when your iron ore is already 180. Mm. Right. If it's, you know, iron ore is 120 and it's going to 180, that's yep. your thematic, then that, that makes sense. But when you're already 180, um, the market is, you know, the thing that you have to remember is some of them, some of these stocks always trade cheap, they always look cheap. Yeah. Because the market discounts for the size and the risk and the one commodity issue, right? So look, I, I think Granger is doing well, and I think it, they've done well, and I, they probably will go higher as long as iron ore holds up. But if the iron ore rolls over, that's when the danger is. So you've got to be ready to get out, and I think it looks interesting. I'm not chasing the smaller ones in this part of the cycle. Right. I, I'll put an indicator out there. Follow the steel um, ETFs. That'll tell you if, where the sentiment is. Uh, Despite and what, the China, and what are they showing at the moment? They're actually pretty strong. They're right, holding okay. up pretty strong. They did come off a bit when the Chinese talked about reducing steel production um, and not spare, you know, allowing too much borrowing in the property market and so forth. Yeah. Steel came off a bit. Yeah. But that's actually recovered as well. So steel's still holding up quite well. And, and hence, we're seeing pretty solid iron ore prices. So that's holding up. I'm not saying it's falling apart. It's actually right. holding up okay. okay. I just don't think when you're this late in the cycle, you want to be in the smallest sky. So right. that's the, the thing with the iron ore price, it doesn't have to go up any higher. It just needs to yeah, stay if, there. If it holds there, yeah. if it's there for another six months, all these guys do even do, better, right? Yeah. right? And it's just the risk return. For me, uh, when you're, usually when you're doing the size play early in the cycle, if you're bullish on a particular commodity, you buy the smallest geared up complete dog. <laughs> Right, and the late in the cycle, you buy the biggest, safest balance sheet. Right, okay. You know. So we, we so don't. So you know. go the big guys. Uh, I'll stay on the big guys. For yeah, me, yeah. BHB is the stupid bet. You, you, you know, it's got enough commodities, biggest guy out there, good assets. Right. You'll get the. You're not going to shoot the lights out, but it'll be there. Yep. Okay. Would you go Fortescue, or is it just one commodity? One commodity. Yep. I'm, I'm going like we were in a lot of those one commodity plays early in the cycle, right. about eight nine months ago. Now we're going for the diversified players like BHP, Independence. Yeah, yeah. Our, our investors at Ord Minute they tend to be fairly conservative. So, they, you know, when you're putting together a portfolio for a large self-managed super fund or a corporate fund or something like that. Yeah, but you can't go wrong with those sort of companies because yeah. you start sort of going a bit too far out of left field, then yeah, things can blow up in your face as well. Yeah, but it's okay. a, it's an interesting stock for retail mm. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if you're a retail investor and you're willing to trade, I think Range is a great stock because yeah. you can play. You're not playing in the millions, so the liquidity is there for you to get out. But you just got to have a tight stop loss. When the story turns, don't fall in love, get out. Yeah. But as long as the iron ore holds up above 160, 170. And this thing should be going higher. Okay. 
All right. Um, we're going to stick with resources now because George wants to view Nathan on Vulcan Energy Resources. Of course, uh, uh, has developed the world's first and only zero carbon lithium process. Plans to produce battery grade lithium uh, from geothermal brines uh, pumped through the whole thing. Their chairman um, has been buying more recently. Now, George says, um, is it a hold? Because he purchased at $2 and unsure whether to take profits or to continue to purchase on the dips. I believe the company is positioned well with them hinting that later in the year they will likely announce a partner. And additionally, it allows the EU to depend on its own source of lithium hydroxide instead of China. Um, so bought it at $2, it's $5.72 now. Uh, what does George do? Uh, look, Hold it, buy on the dips. At, at this point, take a profit. look, it's, it ran to $10 yeah. and it's now $6. Yeah. Um, you, you know it's a hot stock, it's a media stock, you, you, you know, every, everyone's spooked it, spooked it and it's, it's had the run. You've yeah. had the great run. One of those things I've learned time and time again in, in an Explorer, the initial pop is the steroids, right? Oh. You're getting all the blue sky <laughs> you can think of. And it takes years. I love your analogy. <laughs> it, it's literally on steroids, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and then you get reality sinks in. And you go, hmm, they have to dig. They're going to blow up. They're going to spend more money than they Everyone always spends more money. Yep. Multiple cap raising. Partners are there. I mean, everyone has an MOU with some Chinese uh, user. Um, yeah. I, mean, I think everyone can get one. Uh, it's probably on a Xerox machine. Uh, but, <laughs> but the question being is, where do they get to? I think, um, look, they have a pretty good shot at it. But if you got in at $2, you've done phenomenally well. Yep. You're still doing phenomenally well. The logical assumption is take some profit. I'd probably take a third or a half off the table, see yep. what happens. Look, at the moment you've got financial stress, markets are way overvalued, not in resources, mind you, but the overall market. But the problem is when the panic sets, everyone gets hits on a bus crash, right? Yep. So these small cap, illiquid stocks will come off and give you a better buy. Why you take, you know, if, if you got in at two bucks, if you sell 30%, you've covered your capital. Yep. You get a free ride. Mm. I mean, this is a great investment. I mean, you yeah. don't have to be a genius here. Take the one third off, you covered your capital, you get a free ride. If it comes back more and you're still confident, I think the long-term play for lithium still plays out. Right. And then wait, you don't have to be a hero to pick the bottom, just wait for it to turn. Even if it bounds at 10%, who cares? Yep. So you've already got your capital. So you've done well, locked some of it in, you know, de-risk yourself, yeah. and once it bottoms out and starts to bounce, go back in. Okay. Don't need to pick the bottom. Francesca? Yeah, I, I agree 100%. At least take cost base off the table. Yeah. Yeah. That way the free ride, you know, and, and it doesn't matter what it does then, you know. Okay. Um, so there's a couple of points. Um, Explorer not producing. They've just raised $120 million uh, to fund yeah, the development. Uh, that'll take them to a point, what they call FID, so final investment decision. So they've still got to raise more money if they, you know, the, right. if, if they, they get to the right. FID and it's no, well, right. it's all over. If they get to the FID and it's right, let's proceed, then they've got to work out, well, let's do a more. feasibility statement on, on how do we produce it right. and how do we build the production, all that sort of stuff, or do we sell it off? farm it off to a larger producer. So there's a long way to go before they make any money out of this. Um, and, and if you look at that chart, you know, you had that euphoria built into it. You've got a bit of excitement around lithium. Um, it rallied up and now you're starting to see it taper. 
And now what will happen is Newsflow will drive any spike in the share price. And because right. it's such a high share price for a, an explorer, I don't think you're going to get a great deal of you know, leverage out of any you know, news flows. So um, I'd at least be taking my cost base off the table. Um, and you know, if, you, if, you, if you like the story, then, then you, you know, use the rest of your proceeds to, to, to be the longer term investment. But yep. uh, you know, personally, uh, we don't have a, 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 an odds recommendation on it because we don't cover it. Um, but personally, I'd probably just take it off the table altogether. Yep. Okay, all right. There you go, uh, pretty clear direction there, George. Um, you asked the question, I think you got your answer pretty clearly there. Uh, Francesco, uh, Chris wants a view on Bard One Life Sciences. Now, um, I reckon you get little companies on the market that that you hope do well because cause they're, they're uh, sort of shooting for great things. Um, co- development and commercialization of diagnostic testing for uh, a range of cancers, including ovarian, breast, lung, prostate, uh, bladder, and pancreatic um, cancers. Uh, Shares have uh, sort of done pretty well uh, recently Mm. as well, Um, up at one stage, almost 500%. Mm. Um, They uh, they had some results come out. Yeah. And And those results showed that 100% um, of their testing showed that it detected ovarian cancer in, yep. I think it was 47 patients. Now, I'm no scientist and don't profess to be. I think with a lot of these things, you need to have a little bit of trust in the science and yep. the scientists that are actually running the, uh, the, 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 the business. Um, it's an interesting business. That, look, it's not gonna make any money for a long time, if at all, um, but you can see that spike. You put out an announcement that 100% of your patients, uh, we detected ovarian cancer, then you know that's what's gonna happen to the share price. Um, what will happen now is they'll have to go into another phase of testing. Uh, so you're talking a long time before they actually can um, um, so this get is, this process into. This into is the, uh, you know, as a comparison, this is this is sort of the the medtech version of a lithium explorer. Yes. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, exactly, hundred percent, exactly, exactly, exactly the same. The same yeah. exactly. So they're you know explorers, you know. Uh, the science, scientists are doing their exploration by, yeah, by yeah. doing their tests on people. Now there's a lot of you know confidence in what they've done, um, and and the capabilities of what it could yeah. do you know um, across detecting cancer. It's not a cure. A lot of people think it's a cure for cancer or treatment. It's just detecting. But early detection in things like ovarian cancer uh, can increase the survival Huge. rate quite significantly. So like it, like what they're doing. Um, you know it's promising. Uh, I haven't looked at the financials, but I'm sure they're going to have to raise money along the way um, and don't expect any you know, dividends and things like that. But if they're producing good numbers like that, then you'd expect the share price to, to benefit from it. Okay. All right. So are you saying... I'm saying no, I, we don't have a recommendation. Right. So it's a bit hard for me yep. um, you know, without closer you know, scrutiny to say, but it's promising because of the, um, you know, the results that they're yeah, putting the out results. already. Yep. Nathan? I'll, I'll start by saying no, uh, but <laughs> I'll explain. I, I love biotechs. Yep. Like I really love biotechs. Yeah. They have very similar, as we were saying before, dynamics of risk return in um, mining. So they, but the, it's it's a science. It's it's great. I mean, it's breast cancer, ovarian cancer uh, detection. Yeah. Um, early detection means huge improvement in probabilities. Um, I love um, biotechs because they, you know, blue sky upside. So there is a play in that. Um, now, it's 
And he's right. I mean, these things take years. I mean, I've followed biotechs for decades. Yeah. And, you know, the, the best in their category take decades. And then one day they'll go, boom. And then you go, damn. And, and you miss it, right? I was in Nanasonic. I think I got in at 60 or 70 cents. Got to 90 cents. I thought, man, I'm genius. Get out. And then three weeks later, it was like $3, $4. Um, but, you know, because they're selling to hospitals. You, you think it's going to yeah. take years to happen. And, but it happens, you know, when you least expect it. So yeah. it's a high-risk investment. I don't, I don't think in a biotech space you invest. I think it's a, more of a, a bit of a punt. You'll have small bets, but you have to have a punt in about five to ten of them because right. four or five out of, so, so say 80% will probably take longer than you thought and probably will do nothing. One or two will pop. Yeah. So it's a risk management model. So if you're going to take that high risk investment strategy, you've got to have a basket of them and then you're willing to take and have to have a short leash. So things go wrong, you get out. So oh, look, I think it's interesting. I think it's um, fascinating. It's not an investment model. It is a high risk punt model. Um, yeah. In that context, I think it's not too bad. But uh, would I chase it here? No, not in the current market. Yeah. I expect all healthier stocks are going to be struggling uh, because there's multiple macro factors working against them. They're high growth stocks, this is not the space for it. So if the market does slide back, which I think is playing out now, these will come off with it right. and you'll get it cheaper. Okay, so a bit like Vulcan, yeah, when exactly. you look at that uh, that chart there, if you got it and before, you've had it for a couple of months. Take, take you know, 30% off or 40% off, yep, lock in your capital, thing. same strategy. Because yep, it's yep. a high risk, high return um, yep. bet. So you take the lock in your capital, bit of profit, and if you lose the rest, so what? Yep. The nature of these businesses is that they've done uh, you know, a period of time it takes to do that testing that they put those results out for. Then they'll go into another phase and that could take, some of them take two to three years to do yep. that. But there'll be announcements along the way and that'll drive the, the, the movement in the share price. So, so as Nathan says, it's speculative, but you're going to get spikes in the share price yeah, but driven it's a, by It's actually an interesting, this is what I love about biotechs, it's, it's better than the mining one. Because the mining one, once they find the resource, you always get out because then they're going to go and build the thing and stuff yeah. it up and management changes, <laughs> cap, you know, cap raising. Capex all of this, over the top. This is, capex blows out by 30 or 40%. That's just a standard, right? Yeah. In the biotech space, they can uh, use the same technology like breast cancer or ovarian. They'll be, yeah. And then that addressable market can improve through time. Yeah. So you get that extra yeah. kicker. So that's why you never say, that's it. Yep. That's not the first steroid run. They could have multiple steroid runs okay. where the miners generally is one big one. All right. There you go, Chris. Uh, really good analysis there. So let's just recap the uh, the first five stocks. Stock of the day was uh, Santos. Uh, Francesco likes uh, Santos. Nathan, a no with Treasury Wines. Um, hold it um, because you've been beaten up and probably the downside risk um, is, not, um, is not huge anymore. Um, wouldn't be buying it. Uh, Viva Energy. Um, Francesco, if you want a, a defensive stock, um, likes it. Uh, Nathan would prefer Ampole in this space. Uh, Grange Resources, uh, Francesco is going to watch that one. Interesting stock. Nathan would prefer uh, BHP at this time of the, the iron ore cycle. Uh, Vulcan Resources, um, our view want to know whether to, uh, to take profits on it because of the big share price. Uh, both Francesco and Matha are saying, go for it. Yes, take some profits because you've had a great run. And uh, similarly for Bard One Life as well. Um, here on the call, we have our own fantasy portfolio. We've been tracking since the 1st of July, thanks to our 
partner NAB Trade. Any stocks that get two thumbs up um, from our expert panel go into the calls portfolio. If they come up again and they get two thumbs up again, they stay in the portfolio. If they don't, they then go out. Let's see how it's been performing over the last week down two and a quarter percent. Uh, for the month down 5% and for the year to date, 1st of July, up 19.5%. Uh, some of the stocks recently added, uh, Dragon Tail Systems. Oh. Yes, I know. Last Monday, um, uh, last Monday, uh, Gorev uh, suggested Dragon Tail. One of our viewers put that in a suggestion. So, uh, uh, the expert panel uh, on Wednesday put that in the portfolio. Vista Group's in there, IDP Education, Integral Diagnostics and Qantas. Uh, some of the ones removed, 40S Memory and Macquarie Group. If you want to see all the stocks in the calls portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. And this afternoon at 1pm, Authorcell Managing Director Paul Anderson is on Ausbiz as the company has been granted inclusion on the prosthesis list for the Jill Grow Dental product. That's at 1 p.m. and Paul's gonna give us the rundown on that. All right, let's get into uh, our next uh, batch of stocks. Nathan uh, Raj wants a view on Bravura Solutions. Uh, they're in the um, sort of uh, admin uh, platform business for wealth management and funds management groups. Uh, Raj wants to know, uh, to know, have we reached the bottom? on Bravura's share price, which has taken a bit of a battering over the last three months. Yeah, this was um, this was a market darling in the early stage. Mm. Uh, a lot of fundies got in and, yep. um, and then it kind of turned into a nightmare and yep. uh, everyone's been getting out and it's been smashed. Um, one thing I have learned time and time again, the guys who are doing well go up, the guys who are doing badly in that sector go down. Yep. You trying to pick the bottom of the guy going down can be a very, very tough lesson to learn. Yep. I refer you to Aristocrat versus Ainsworth. Yep. The classic example of when it goes wrong. Yep. Um, when stocks are in, in that sector, in the fintech platform um, sector, Hub and NetWealth are the two best ones. Yep. Um, Hub's a phenomenally good model. Um, phenomenally expensive because it is a good model yeah. um, and it deserves it and NetWorld as well and both of them are coming off. So the best in the sector is coming off because it's growth sell-off, tech sell-off. So in that context, these guys are all going to get hit. Now, that being said, has the other guys been belted hard enough? Probably, but you just don't know. If the mm. market falls over, they're not cheap on the multiples because they've just gone through massive downgrade cycles. So this is not the first downgrade. So they, yeah. they probably will have more downgrades. Now, there could be an M&A play, like what happened with class and premium and stuff like that, getting attention. So in that context, yes, there might be that. But I always say, once you've gone into a good sector where everyone knows it's a good sector, you're in a downgrade cycle, you're trying to pick the bottom of mm -hmm. a bad stock, wait for the first upgrade. It doesn't matter how low, even yeah. if it bounces 10, 20%, this thing is really, really cheap compared to where it was. Mind you, it's never going to go back to that multiple. Right. Remember, bond yields have bounced, growth to value trade. So the multiples will be lower, but this is cheap. So I don't mind letting it bounce 10% after an upgrade to buy it. Right. I think it's an interesting stock. A lot of smart guys that I know bought this uh, at the early stage and got killed. So 
Uh, they're not stupid. It, things went wrong and they accept that and they moved on. Now, the reality is I think they can potentially fix it or someone else buys them for their customer base and merges it up. So there is that upside. But I would wait for things to improve. So wait right. for the first upgrade. When the first yep. upgrade comes in, close your eyes and have a swing. Okay. All right, Francesco. Yeah, I'd be on a hold. You know, I mean, yeah. if, if uh, Raj has bought it and he's uh, he's worried about if it's further got further, I think we yeah. probably are. You know, his description: Have we reached the bottom? I probably think we are seeing that. Maybe it might consolidate around these levels and maybe take some time before it turns around. I mean, you know, it, based on our analyst, you know, he's suggesting it's trading on about a 17 times forward PE. Yeah. That's not expensive for a for a tech stock. Um, and it is a tech stock. I, I, you know, I take Nathan's point about Hub and, and NetWealth. I don't see them as tech companies. I see them as financial services companies, whereas this is more of a software for service type right. business. Um, so I'd probably see this more as a tech company than those. Um, dividend yield of 4.3%, which you know, out of a tech company, if it is, you know, is, is not that high. Um, net profits for the first half were down uh, to $9 million from $20 million. You know, um, so there's some issues there. Part of it was project delays in the UK, so you could probably blame a bit of that on COVID. Um, but I think once they sort a few of these issues out, that um, you know, we might see a bit of stabilisation. It might become very a solid type of investment. Okay. But um, I wouldn't be buying them just like Nathan said. I'd probably <coughs> wait a bit. Um, but if you own it, you know, I wouldn't be throwing it your baby out with the dishwater. That's okay. Sure. All right. So hold on it. Uh, hold it if you've already been in it. All right, uh, Rosie wants a view on, is it Atomos or Atomos? Atomos, yeah. Atomos, um, they manufacture um, sort of video equipment to, um, to turn your iPhone videos into basically cinema quality stuff. Um, they're actually um, Aussie founders and entrepreneurs based in Melbourne. Um, so they're in that pro video market. Um, uh, Francesco, what do you think of? Yeah, um, I think we may have talked about this one on previously yeah, on a program yeah, yeah. Um, sometime last year. But um, yeah, we like this stock. We, our, our analysts have got to buy on it. No, he's quite good uh, at covering these types of stocks. Um, it's a, still a developing company, so mm. you know the EPS is, is is very you know going forward based upon forecasts is very solid, uh, but it is starting at a low base as well. Um, COVID had a bit of a drastic negative impact upon the business initially, um, but what what they're seeing now is that um, it's benefiting from the the change of trends into a lot of this subscription type uh, entertainment. So you know the likes of Netflix yeah. and um, and all those sort it's a, it's of. It's uh, if, if you want to shoot your own YouTube channel and yeah. things that's like right. that, it's, if you're an influencer, it is. Influencers use this to. So I, I think there's some, some good opportunities for the company to expand yeah. even further. So yeah, our guys like it and they've got to buy yeah. it. Yeah, and they're an Apple supplier as well, I think. Yeah. Apple's a customer of it. Nathan, what do you think? Yeah, I've followed it for a while. Um, it's, an, it's an interesting one because I always look for platform techs. Because yeah. the definition of platform tech is you've got the underlying tech that you can in future add other pieces to it. Yeah. It's the great way to make money in the long term. Uh, I used to work in a tech firm uh, previously, <laughs> and that's how the growth story that you pitch, that's how you build a real yeah. good tech. So they have an area, I mean, I kind of look at, you know, the, I think the two best techs in Australia 
uh, platform techs, uh, Altium and Appen, both of them are yep. getting smashed, right? Yes. Um, it is. It tells you what, where the market is. Yeah, I know Appen's been smashed. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so both of them have been smashed, but I, I don't think they're a bad model. They're just in the wrong cycle. Yep. Sure, they, they will bounce back. I, yeah. I don't have an issue with it. But the question is, they're just not going to get the multiple they're used to because yeah. the bond yields are going up. But they're great businesses. They're yeah. still the two best stocks for me. Yeah. The next layer, when we talked about this before, yeah. Ordinate and Vista yeah. Group are the next two. They are quite unique. They have their platform and they can sell more things on their platform for future users. Yeah. Atomos has that in it, so that's why I'm always interested. Yeah. Um, but it's not the, the standard of, you know, it's not Ordinate because they've, yeah. they've basically got the market or you're not Vista Group, which is a proven model. So yeah. th there's probably the next run. Uh, and I think it's good. I, I don't have a problem with it. Um, I just think it's one of those ones where, um, again, the first run, people look at blue sky. Yep. And the problem with this, after that, they go, oh, there's problems. And that, that's, that's the problem for the techs at the moment. So yep. you've got to be that quality player. Ordinate is a proven model. Vista is a proven model. Yep. And I think Atomos is beginning to go through that growing pains to prove it. And I think it's worth the, worth the risk. Um, okay. I think it's okay. I don't, I don't think the influence, I call it the influencer tech model. Yep. Um, and I don't think they're going away anytime soon. Um, so in that context, I think it plays out okay. I just see my daughter on the phone enough time doing fish faces and I go, yeah, <laughs> these things are going to be hanging around for a bit longer than I thought. Uh, yeah, yeah. And she's not the, the usual one. So yeah. uh, I, I kind of look at that and say, okay, so you have to keep an idea of the generational transition. And I think this will, this is has a marketplace, and yep. I think it'll do better. And it's not, I mean, for for where it is early in the cycle, it's not too bad. So okay. I, I'd be buying it. All right, okay. And uh, um, it's already in the calls portfolio, oh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, stays in there. And um, it's, I think it went into the calls portfolio around August um, okay. uh, last year. So it's, it's had, a, right. yeah, had yeah. a pretty good run. Um, all right, Nathan, um, let's go the other extreme from small techs to, uh, I think you've described it as uh, Australia's biggest listed private equity company yeah. uh, in terms of Wes Farmers. Arno says it's gone from 30 to $35 in March, April to, uh, to 50 to $55 now because Wes Farmers, uh, Bunnings, Kmart, yeah. Officeworks. Uh, it's in the fertilizer business. Uh, it's got a safety division. Um, huge business. Mm. Um, look, it's a. It is a one of the uh, what I call the list of private equity businesses. Um, so you got Macquarie, yeah. you got uh, West Farmers, you got Goodman Group, you got Infratel. Uh, yeah. You know these guys are, they're good. Yeah. You know if they're getting out of something, there's a reason for it. You yeah. shouldn't be there too. Um, I think Macquarie is a sell. We moved to a sell a while ago. Um, Macquarie is a glorified asset player. And yeah. if your assets are, asset prices are under trouble, you go struggle. Same thing with Goodman. We recently took profit in Goodman Group. I think it's a great business. I think the management is phenomenally good, but they're playing in a tough market. Right. Now, West Farmers is a bit different because they've got a $10 billion balance sheet waiting for things to blow up, yeah. right? And, and their multiple is ridiculous because they are ridiculously good at turning around crappy businesses. Um, I thought they might have a go at uh, some of the telcos, they might have had a go at some of the chemicals, they had a go at uh, lithium play. Um, yeah. So I think they'll gradually pick something up. Market is paying a multiple because they think they can do it. The balance sheet is good. Their dividends are safe. They got great businesses. Um, and whatever they add, 
the market is betting that they'll do well and I'm oh. betting they will too. You are not getting much. Here, even in my relative valuations, you are paying peak prices, yeah. but they're good. If you, wanna, if, the, if you think worried about the market might come back and I think it will come back, then these <coughs> kind of guys you go, I can sleep and be comfortable that when I wake right. up, even if it falls, it'll be back. Okay, so one of those foundation stocks then. Um, That's right. Okay. Francesco? Uh, we'd be lightening it, yeah. I mean, I agree, I agree with Nathan. I think they're very good, and it is a private equity firm. You don't let anyone tell you it's a retailer or anything like that. Yeah, um, you know, they have retail elements within it. Um, and what Nathan says is about, you know, if the market comes back, there's, you know, they're cashed up for opportunities, but the market comes back, West Farm is going to come back with it. So yeah. I, I think people will have a better opportunity to buy it when that do, if, if and when that does happen. Um, I, I think there's a lot of shareholders out there, particularly the old mums and dads in their self-managed super funds or in their long-term portfolios that still think they're holding Coles Meyer and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's a different beast now. It's you know, Yes, there's a big element of retail with Bunnings and that, uh, but you see for these lithium acquisitions, they're, they're changing their investment theme for the future of you know, environmentalism and things like that, so battery-operated cars and so on. So I think you know, future investments will be tending in that way. Risk there is though, you, you know, they're buying businesses where they need to and not only pay, they, they might pay top dollar, they might pay low dollar, uh, but they're going to have to invest more and more capital in them. That's where the key is for them. So we'd be lightening them here. Don't mind the business. I think it's fine. I, you know, I'm okay. not saying that there's anything wrong with it. I just think at these prices, it's a bit expensive and okay. you can probably buy them cheaper later on. The All thing right. that you've got to love about them is usually corporates pay peak prices at top of the market. Yeah. yeah. They've had a massive balance sheet for a while. They've actually not bought anything. People are getting annoyed that they're not buying anything, but I think that is the great thing about them. Right. The fact that they're not they buying. The discipline. Exactly. That's yeah. why you want to buy them. Because I'm not saying you buy it today. I think it's expensive, yeah. but it should be. Because right. they're telling you that stuff's expensive. We're going to wait for it to become cheap. Right. You remember, Bunnings right. is a really big part of their business. That's I think right, it's yeah. about a third of their, or closer not to half of their yeah. earnings. So. During COVID, you know, their sales increased quite considerably because everyone was at home and doing the odd jobs yeah. and things like that. That growth in Bunnings is going to taper off a bit okay. too. All right, but they brought back the sausage chisel, which is great. That's right. Yes. That's, That's right. the economy. That's right. Indication the economy is yeah. opening up. Um, listed investment company, Pete wants a view on uh, Wilson Asset Management, uh, Francesco. Yeah, look, uh, Wilson's been around for a long time. They're yeah. good managers of funds. Um, there's not a you know, great deal you can say about the listed investment company yep. that you, if you buy this now, you're going to buy, uh, you're going to pay a premium because it trades above NTA yep. um, and it always has. Um, the risk there is if some of their performances uh, in the future decline, then you may, you know, when you go yep. to sell it, you might only get NTA or, or less. So um, look, you know, would I buy it or sell it? Look, if I'm looking for uh, an investment where you know, I don't want to have to pick stocks and things like that. I think they're quite good. Yeah, look, I, I wouldn't say no to them, but I'd probably choose a couple of different LICs. Right. Um, or throw in an exchange-traded fund. Uh, as, yeah, right. yeah. because if you go to an unlisted managed fund, you're going to play NTA. So yeah. what the value of those assets are. Okay. Whereas if you get an LIC, you, you're paying for a bit, of, a bit of a premium for the reputation of the manager as well. Okay. Yeah, look, you're... Uh, it, it comes down to what you're buying it for. Um, if you're buying it because you don't want to do anything and you just want to sit there and collect, you have a basket of these guys and you make sure that the style of investing is uh, non-correlated. So yeah. your risk is reduced. That's what you're doing. 
Um, would I be buying an asset manager right now? No. Um, right. We had a sell on uh, Magellan 20 bucks higher um, right. and it's falling and I've, now the brokers are downgrading and it'll fall. And that's one of the better ones. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's an interesting one. If you look at Magellan and Platinum Asset Management, because one's US uh, based or mostly US investment, the other one is more Asian investment. So that's turning yeah. around. So you can see how different asset managers can play. So you, you want to be aware of how you can manage your risk through that. But I think when you've got asset prices at all time high, interest rates going up, fund managers are a tough player right now. So mm. I wouldn't be chasing that. Okay. And our final stock, uh, Nathan Clint wants a view on Ive Group. Uh, they're the big printing uh, business of catalog, stationery, um, uh, marketing, gear, all that sort of stuff, aren't they? Yeah. I'll Followed that, there used to be another score, I don't know if it's still there, it's probably gone down now, PMP, uh, yep. used to follow them. I actually used to deliver pamphlets oh. in my uni days. It was a great money editor, because you didn't pay tax. Uh, yes, no tax. Yeah. Uh, Should say that on too. And then you dump them. Uh, well, no, actually, <laughs> I used to do it at one to four in the morning, because ah. it was my soccer training. Right. So I used to go at night, drop the uh, pamphlets at different areas. I used to run one to four in the morning right. and drop it at the houses. Ah. The problem is when the dogs start chasing you yeah. at that time, <laughs> it gets a bit tricky. But anyway, I was, I was, I was fit then, so it was okay. Um, this is classic technology uh, challenged. Yeah. Um, how this evolves, they've done well for the recovery. Now, mind you, partly because everyone else has blown up. Yeah. Um, it's the last man standing. It's like uh, baby bunting it to a certain extent. Um, I think it's done well. You do not buy things that are this structurally challenged. Yep. Um, I think the upside is relatively limited. Um, it's had a really good bounce. If you've been through it, well done. Take your money, go to somewhere else. Okay. Francesco? Yeah, look, it still has very strong cash flows in the business and, and, and a, a very good cash position. So if they're looking to invest in anything um, or a change in the way they do things for the future, then there's, there's probably a, you know, a bit of a, a um, you know, a... a um, yeah, war chest there for them to sort of look at things like that. Um, I'm surprised how much of this stuff is in your mailbox every yeah. week. So yeah, still, it's yep. still, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think a, a number of um, um, yeah businesses will, will continue to do that because um, you don't have to go online to look for things and that. It's you know people take it out of the mailbox, they look at it. Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit of it in your face. So I don't know how long it'll last. I think it will fall by the wayside at some stage in yeah, the future, yeah. but. It seems to be fairly resilient. So, um, I, look, we don't have a recommendation on it, um, on, and I'm not about to say people buy it, but it does have very strong cash position um, and would like to understand what their future direction for that cash is. Right. Okay. All right. Let's just recap our final uh, five stocks preview. A, uh, a note from Nathan, a hold from uh, Francesco, uh, a Tomos. Um, stays in the calls portfolio, a yes from uh, both guys. Uh, Wes Farmers, um, buy from you or not at these prices? It's, it's for a, a hold at this a price. Hold. It's okay. a long term. It's one of those ones that okay. any pullback you had. Uh, odds are saying uh, lighten up, take some profits on it, wait for the pullback. Uh, wham, a, uh, a no from Nathan. Um, Francesco saying, look, if you're interested in, in an LIC, it's okay to be in it. Uh, if you want it in a basket, and uh, I've group a no, but um, still uh, from Francesco saying really good cash flows there.
Francesco Distratus from Orange, great to see you. Pleasure, thanks Nathan, for having me. Good to see you as usual. Um, and um, thank you for sending in all of your uh, suggestions for stocks. If you've got any you want to send through to us, uh, put it in an email, the call at osbiz.com.au, tweet us at osbiztv. Be a bit patient though, because we get a lot of suggestions to cover them. They always go into the mix. And a reminder, if you want to see all the stocks in the calls portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. On the Startup Daily Show this afternoon, uh, of course, being International Women's Day, uh, the coverage continues there. Sally Ann Williams, the Chief Executive of uh, Cicada Innovations, uh, will be joining the team as we look at how female founders can change the culture from the top. That's coming up on the Startup Daily Show at 2 p.m. this afternoon. So a lot happening on Ausbeards. You don't want to miss a thing. We'll be back after the break. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.